0: Hey, happy Friday to you. This is the uh, Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I am your humble host, Jared Jesselitis. Over there, that is Jeff Julik. And uh, we're going to spend the whole hour talking Purdue Big Ten hoops with you here on a uh, slick little little Friday out there with the weather. The impending cold, not great. But, hey, you know what? Mackey's going to be packed tomorrow. It's going to take more than... Uh, thirty mile an hour winds to get you from going into Mack Arena and watching your beloved Boilers play. Yeah, Jeff. the
1: first time in uh, what forty days we'll have the paint crew back. So excited to see that.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, needed too after that loss on the road at Nebraska. If you listen to my show during the week, Jeff, you know I've been harping on this since last week that to win games on the. Say this is Maryland game to win games on the road is a special thing. It is not easy to do. And uh, earlier this week, I uh, uh, gave you a list of all the other conferences and basically everybody else has a massive losing percentage on the road outside of the SEC that only played like five games.
1: Yeah. You know, and and the big 10 is just, it's just been so difficult to win any kind of road games. And uh, you saw that the other night and, you know, as Brian Newbert said, not many teams were going to win. And, and uh, pinnacle arena the other night because uh you know nebraska just came out and played a fantastic game and uh you know you got to give them a lot of credit they made their shots and and that's how you beat purdue everybody has to have a uh, unbelievable shooting night and, and even if you do it doesn't necessarily mean you're exactly look at alabama, look at alabama right? Right? that's exactly yeah. what i was gonna say but uh you know you go out there and you have to hit your shots and then you need purdue to turn the basketball over and the boilermakers accommodated that with 13 uh uh, Thirteen turnovers. So yeah, you know, uh, a tough loss. I'm not going to make a real big deal about it because uh, you know that's just life on the road in the Big Ten. But, but you uh, got to
0: give a lot of credit to Nebraska, and you you're doing do. that here Absolutely. too. It's, this is as bad as the turnovers were, and that was frustrating. Um, this was very much Nebraska hitting a lot of contested threes that were just you you can't do much. You know, you you do everything you can, and uh, it's still not enough. There's nights like that occasionally.
1: Yeah, and, you know, when you when you saw how much intensity and passion and, you know, the first first play of the game, you know, we throw the ball away, to, which was an unforced error, and then a few seconds later there's a loose ball and there's, there's two Huskers on the court trying to get the basketball. I mean, they were ready to play. They came out and, uh, you know, they did what they needed to win. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how well they rebound from that because, you know, they've got a tough road trip tomorrow to uh, snowy Iowa to uh, take on the Hawkeyes.
0: Yeah, fourteen turnovers uh, in 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 that one. Uh, you know, Lance with four of them, Fletcher had three of them, and uh, you know, Braden with uh, w- with two there. But uh, all of those turnovers came exclusively from the starters as well, which is something that uh, you can't have. It's something that uh, I always punctuate. I know Golden Black always uh, any preview. It's literally the first thing is you can't have the turnovers because Purdue uh, to lose has to beat Purdue. And uh, that's one way that they can do that, Jeff, is just not taking care uh, of, the, uh, of the basketball. But again, you lose on the road. Hey, what's the old Gene Katie adage? you got to win all your home games and win half your road games. That's what you got to do. And again, like I told you here at the top of the show, this is not exclusive to just Purdue. This is the whole of the Big Ten. This is the whole of the uh, ACC, the Big East, the Big 12. They're all doing how many top 25 teams lost on the road this week, Jeff. I think if you count it up, we're probably around like 10 or 11 of them. And most of them, I mean, what, 8 out of the top 10 teams lost on the road this week, I think, in the uh, top 10?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And another factor that, that just plays in this, it seems to be a new crop of officials in the Big Ten. And if they're going to allow players to hook and hold, uh, double-arm Zach if they're going to allow uh, smaller guards to push on his knees, if they're going to allow all that to take place, you really – and then you call the, the ticky-tack fouls on Zach. When Zach's out of the ball game, we defensively, we're a different basketball team. Teams start attacking the rim because he's not in there. They do not want to take it in there when Zach's in there. And if you notice, Zach is not going to the free throw line. I mean, even when he makes a basket and gets hacked or pushed, they're not calling the and ones. You know, for him. And so if that continues to happen in the Big Ten, it becomes very, very difficult for Purdue to beat this dominating team because, you know, by rule, he is getting fouled on every possession and they've come up with this great offensive scheme. You know, everybody grab a hold of him. I mean, you mentioned on your show this week, you know, Tommy Naga was was trapped down low with Zach, and he just had both hands on He just Zach holds and, on for dear life. Just but, holding on for dear But because he's life. not
0: big enough, like he can't, Zach, you know, it, Zach doesn't register. He's not going to be pulled over by, you know, one exactly. yeah. in 170. You know, and that's and just he, not going to
1: happen. And if he flings him away, then Zach's probably looking at an offensive foul, you know, that, that because they see him go flying, and obviously it had to be from the contact in this,
0: their mind. There so. comes my other I- issue with this. Okay. And again, when we go back to the Nebraska game, I'm not going to blame the uh, the officials on this. But the thing that has upset me is we've gone three straight games with the Purdue flagrant foul that have come via, hey, we're going to go over to the monitor and look at this. And in each one of those games, I think Purdue fans could go, okay, Fletcher Lawyer just got yeah. just laying it five feet out of bounds on his head. Do we want to look at that? No, we're not going to look at that. But we're going to call a box out for somebody trying to jump over. Uh, Lance Jones, but we're, you know, we got a guy that's down and nobody wants to take a look at anything is just, that's the frustrating part for me is, uh, and, and we're not the only one, you know, Robbie and uh, Goodman, I know, brought this up. TCU got screwed over the other night um, with, uh, with these uh, flagrant calls as well, but I'm with you here. I'm seeing a lot of new faces, which, you know, needed to happen. I, I understand that because we've been asking for it, but uh, there is a definite inconsistency of what we saw in the non-conference versus what we've just gotten into here in the Big Ten. And I don't know that Purdue has necessarily adjusted very well to that new reality of the way they're calling these games, and specifically against Zach.
1: Yeah, and he continues to be in foul trouble. And like I say, when he when he is in foul trouble in the first half and in the second half like he was against Illinois— that changes the complexity of the game. Now, luckily, the players uh, stepped up against the Lion-Eye the other night and had a great victory. But, yeah, it, it's really frustrating because a rule is a rule, and either you call the rule. And, and what about the cylinder rule? I mean, that has been violated, you know, like Robbie talked and about they throw, the They night. throw that out in the
0: post, don't they? Like, that exactly, never happens. yeah. And I, get that, and I don't yeah. want the cylinder rule in the post, to be honest with you. you know, but that's it's a rule. Way, you know, Yeah, I get it. And, so. But, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, you bring up the, the personal foul, seven fouls, over the last uh, two games, he had a total of three 20. over the previous four games. And that basically, over the course of a month, he got seven in two games. He had three in the previous four weeks. He had like a total of, I
1: believe, 31 fouls for the season coming into those, those games you, you mentioned. So, yeah, you know, he's had over 25% more fouls. Uh, 25% of his seasonal fouls have, have come in the last two games. I mean, it's crazy. And you know that that can really impact the game, and and that's teams are just doing it, and and until the officials respond, and you know, as much as I, I'm not a fan of Courtney Green and maybe DJ Carsonson, I'd like to see him
0: do those couple guys. I, I will take DJ Carsonson any day. Of the yeah, week. he's fantastic. I'll take him okay. any day of the week. And Courtney Green, okay, that's fine, but I know what's going to happen. Yeah, he's going to get out to a lead, and yeah. he's going to help whittle it back yeah.
1: down. Yeah. So I'd like to see it because the, the officials have been doing the game. Have been. It's a very difficult task, and uh, you know, and. Boy, I tell you what—I give Matt Painter a lot of credit because I think a lot of coaches be losing their mind on some of these calls. Yeah, you that. wouldn't
0: be uh, pointing out to anybody in particular, maybe that we faced over the last uh, couple of weeks or something like no, that. No, it no tends no. to do that? Uh-huh. Maybe got
1: one the other night again. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so yeah, it's just—it is—it's uh, frustrating. But uh, you know, the Boilermakers are going to have to fight through this, and and the number one thing they've got to do—they have to take care of the basketball. And you know, their offense is going to be. Uh, when you throw the ball into the post, you're going to have some turnovers. You know that's just going to happen. You know, as opposed to teams that are more perimeter or driving to the hoop, so that's going to happen. But they've got to take care of the basketball. The other night, Wisconsin goes and gets a big road victory at a high state. They had three turnovers, and so you know that's what it takes to win road basketball in the Big Ten. And uh, the Boilermakers will have that opportunity Tuesday night when they head down to Bloomington.
0: I think about uh, the single digit. Victories of the close one. Let, let's say five points or less on a victory or a loss. Okay. Tennessee, you won by four. Zach Eady, four fouls. Okay. Um Marquette's an outlier here. You won that by three. Zach Eady with two fouls. Loss at uh, Northwestern Zach Eady, four fouls. Uh, you go up to uh let's see, Arizona was an eight-point win. We'll rule that one out, but he did have three fouls there. Illinois, three uh, five-point win. Four fouls there. Nebraska with the loss. Three fouls there. There is a correlation, Absolutely. Jeff. There is a very clear correlation there uh, of what he's doing. And again, you brought up the fact that he's not shooting as many free throws as he had been in the non-conference. And there's that correlation there y- yet again. You know, uh, with the uh, closer games and the lack of free throws, uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a trend to watch out for here. Again, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. You got to adjust as a player, but it. For me, it's still the flagrant thing that's the most frustrating where we're choosing to review and choosing not to review. seems wildly inconsistent. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. And I just think Purdue has really been bitten by some of these. What was it? The... Was the one on Fletch or the the first one we got where it was like oh he didn't play the ball on the foul or something like that and they gave the flag? I'm like yeah that yeah. How many times do you see that foul towards the end of ball games anyway? Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't go back and review it at that point.
1: No, absolutely. You know not.
0: it's not like he's stopping him being completely unimpeded from going. Yep. You get the t- it's just it's all ridiculous stuff and um, I just I if it's gonna be ridiculous fine but please give me some consistency on both sides. I if that's the way you want to call. Let the physical stuff go and some ticky tiki that's fine. Let's get it on both sides. That's all I'm asking for and keep it the same throughout the game. I think any player, any coach would tell you the exact same thing. And that's the way you're calling it, so be it. But let's not change it and let's just make sure it's going both ways like that. You can live with that,
1: Jeff. I agree, and you're also seeing
0: uh, several over-the-back calls on Zach, and and
1: you know he, that just doesn't. happen. He got
0: away with some of them in that Nebraska game. Let's face it, he, he did. did. But in he Illinois, did.
1: you know, he had some, and they called fouls over the back on that. So I mean, it's it's consistency, as you bring up, because that's all I'm asking for. Sometimes really. they call it,
0: sometimes they don't. Not easy to do. Yep. I don't envy these guys. They do get paid some decent money though to do this job. Yes, they and do, and they are not completely immune from criticism. But I I understand it's not easy. But I, at that level, I need you to do a little bit more. I just do. It's, it's not high school. This is the ihsaa I've got a little bit. I got the respect for you. I got a little bit more of the patience. A little bit more of the understanding here at the collegiate level. You're supposed to be the. You're supposed to be one of the best. And I got a little bit more criticism when you can't be consistent. And not to
1: mention the crazy schedule they have. Jeff Anderson did our game Friday night. He left Mackey at eleven thirty. He had to drive to Iowa City, which is a five-hour drive in nice weather, and they had snow overnight. So he probably gets into Iowa City at 8 o'clock in the morning does a noon game in Iowa, and then the next day is at Michigan State doing uh, He's doing the Michigan State game. I mean, in Chicago doing the, uh, the
0: Northwestern paid, Michigan State paid, game. Paid well to do, what, uh, for two and a half hours, three hours of work? Yeah, but I tell paid you well. what, that's just crazy. crazy schedule with no sleep. You know? But that's why we were talking about we needed more of these guys here, and, uh, and this is what we're getting right now. You're yeah. going to have to work through it. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Alan Carpet joins us next, so you don't want to miss out on that. It's the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Welcome back to the Boiler Basketball Show, uh, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis. How's it going? That's Jeff Julik over there. And over to the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to go, and we're going to bring our friend Alan Carpet, GoldenBlack.com, which the website so tremendous, does a great job covering your Boilermaker athletics. Uh, all kinds of insider stuff, too. You know, the football portal's still hot. We just had a couple of coaching promotions that Tom's been all over which has uh, been really cool because uh, that includes a uh, former Boilermaker as well, and you love to see that. Uh, But, yeah, they're all over that. Brian Newbert's doing a great job with basketball, and they've got so much other content that you don't want to miss out on. So make sure you pick up your subscription. Good free stuff. Subscription stuff, though, is absolutely fantastic. Alan, always great to have you back on. Unfortunately, talking about a uh, loss on the road, Uh, we always discuss how hard it is to win on the road. In the Big Ten, so not a huge surprise that it happened, but maybe a 16-point loss is a little bit more than you bargained for in terms of the Boilermakers on Tuesday.
2: Right. I mean, I think that that even though it ballooned out in the last five minutes, it, it was a, a case of Nebraska play, you know shooting out the wazoo, so to speak, and yet uh, Purdue not you know. Not making plays at the right time, and that's really what it got down to. Purdue's uh, 14 turnovers were part of the issue, but it was when those turnovers occurred and Purdue would get back in the basketball game and all of a sudden Nebraska would run out. So, yes, it's a disappointing loss, not shocking, because I think there'll be other losses on the road in the Big Ten, but uh, Purdue needs to limit those, and uh, the Boilermakers are swimming upstream right now in the Big Ten race.
1: And Alan, has the recipe been made to beat the Boilermakers? I mean, basically, you need to get Zach in foul trouble. The Boilermakers need to turn the ball over, and everybody on the other team needs to make a bunch of three pointers. Is uh, yeah. is that is that the recipe? That's, that's it.
0: Where <laughs> <laughs> do I, well, I, 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 I did did get the a... three pointers? Aisle seven. <laughs> Jeez.
2: Yeah, I think that's a recipe to beat anybody. To be honest, I mean, I think that, uh, that sure you do know, that make that stands the reason you get Zach Eady in foul trouble. Purdue's going to have troubles to some extent. Uh, I think it's as much a case of, you know, especially in the last two games where he did have more foul trouble against Illinois than he did against Nebraska, though he did limit his minutes to about only 30 in the game that he probably would have played 35, 36 minutes. Uh, All that being said, uh, Purdue's got to get back to doing what it does well. And I still think my bigger concern is that Zach ought to be a 23, 24 point a game guy, He's not getting enough shots or touches. Uh, and and give Nebraska credit, and that might be the formula you're talking about, Jeff, and that is uh, Fred Oiberg did a great job of forcing Purdue to, you know, basically triple-team Zach and forcing Purdue not necessarily to shoot the ball that poorly from three, but they launched a bunch bunch of them, and I think a key number for Purdue is how many three-point attempts it gets. Uh, If it shoots at 40 percent, if Purdue can keep that number down, that's generally a good sign because that means you're getting the ball inside enough uh, to to dominate like Purdue can dominate like no other team in the country inside with Zach Eden.
0: We're talking with uh, Alan Carpet, GoldenBlack.com here on the uh, Blue Fox heating and cooling camera head hotline. Some adjustment and minutes here that I, I noticed, especially in the Nebraska game, uh, Alan, and I know this is about matchups sometimes, stuff like that, but those rumblings about Fletcher Lawyer from some of the fans, I feel like, have picked back up again. Cam Heidi saw a uh, big bump in his minutes, 22, uh, in at Nebraska. I mean, he's, he, he is a guy that wows with his physical ability. Almost had a huge putback dunk in there uh, as well. Um, but I, I've been noticing a difference there. And I've also noticed it seems like a, it's a been a real lack of minutes for Miles Colvin over the last two road games, just three in each one of those. Hasn't had a shot attempt in either one of those. Uh, what am I to make of what's going on with that rotation right now?
2: Well, I think it's pretty much what we've expected or talked about on this show that over the last few weeks. You're down to you have a 10-person rotation, and you've got Miles Colvin as number 10 at this point. I think he's a guy that uh, still is certainly in their long-term plans as a basketball player because he's very talented. But where are you going to play him? And how are you going to play him in a game where defense is at a premium? uh, Though Purdue did not defend very well at times, uh, though I still will contend Nebraska made shots that uh, were of circus variety, and uh, Tamananga included, certainly. He does that all the time, it seems, against Purdue and others. But my point is Fletcher Lawyer also, uh, you know, Fletcher has got to produce in a way that. That uh, you need, I think it's as much a defensive issue as any. We saw his minutes diminish a little bit, though he was he did hit three threes, right, and had had he was three for nine from the field. You know, Fletcher Lawyer is going to continually continue to be uh, a a poster child for whenever Purdue doesn't do well or he doesn't do well. There'll be a lot of discussion of what he does or doesn't do, and that's just the. You know, you gotta like Fletcher Lawyer when he scores twenty seven points too. So, and he's done that twice in big games. So, I, you know, I, I trust that Matt Painter and staff to know what they need out of him uh, and what they're what they're are or not getting. And uh, I think Fletcher's physically. We this is no great analysis. Has got some issues defensively at times, just because he's not he's not the, uh, a bulky six five guy. Uh, Produced got but 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 then again. Uh, there were games where he was fantastic defensively, too, it, certainly in the Arizona game, uh, being one that uh, he was terrific, uh, where he was diving all over the place and making plays. So I just think Purdue fans have got to get used to the fact that there's a lot of options for Matt Painter, and just because it changes one game to the next does not necessarily mean somebody's fallen out of favor. Cameron Heidi certainly the matchup was right, uh, at least according to Matt Painter and his staff, and uh, and he played well. Uh, he did what Purdue needed and needs maybe more of, and that's the ability to defend on the wing. And, and he also hit a three in there, and and he does a lot of other things around the basket. I think all those things in the long term for Purdue, and it's not a short game for Purdue. It's a game to get to get to march in the right condition. And I think those guys getting some extra minutes, uh, getting a prolonged minutes, are important. And I think you may see. Uh, maybe not tomorrow against Penn State, but you may see games where Camden, you will see games where Camden-Heidi's back down to five minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes. Uh, that's going to be the nature of this basketball team, I think, from now until the season concludes.
1: And as you mentioned, they uh, take on Penn State tomorrow, Mackey and a game, which the Makers will be highly, uh, highly favored. But then Tuesday, an interesting game as they head down mm-hmm. to take on a reeling uh, Indiana team. How do you see that game playing out Tuesday night?
2: Well, and I think that Indiana at least you know, I have my Peacock subscription. So I watched uh, the first half of the uh or excuse me, the second half of the the Indiana Rutgers game and that was probably one of some of the worst basketball. This is not it's an anti I to say at all. It was atrocious.
3: It hurt my eyes. Not
2: good. And and my point is, uh that will be not that will not be what you see in Assembly Hall on Tuesday night. We can guarantee that Indiana will play much more like it did against Ohio State at home, uh, where they were making shots, where they were defending the way that they wanted, where uh, they had intensity. All those things were missing at the rack uh, in, in in large quantities. They were awful, but uh, I don't see that as a long term trend for Indiana. I mean, I, I see it as a long term road trend maybe for Mike Woodson's team. But uh, in Assembly Hall, Purdue will have all it can handle. And again, I look at games on the road, and certainly Wisconsin, Indiana, uh, Purdue has to go to Illinois. I think those are three games that uh, you're going to have a hard time winning. You're definitely going to have a hard time winning all three. And it's going to be a dogfight, and that's, that's part of life in the Big Ten. It's not being flippant about, well, why can't Purdue win on the road? Well, uh, they did win on the road at Maryland. I understand Maryland's not a great basketball team, but, but it's a tough place to play. Purdue's just got to play better. And and I think this, this season is as much about incremental improvement from January the 12th through whatever the first day of the tournament is, March 17th or whatever that is. How much does Purdue get better? Uh, how much does Purdue limit its turnovers? How much does Purdue become a much more server, serviceable defensive team? If those things happen, I still like this team uh, as much as anybody in the country to win. And the last thing, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it, we already know this week that four out of the top five teams got beat. I mean, how can you explain Kansas losing to Central Florida? Well, that's life in the, life in the whatever conference Kansas is still in, the Big 12. And there you go. I, I think that that's uh, – That's just the way it is, and and, uh, there are no UCLA's uh, back in the days of John Wooden anymore. There really aren't uh, even any IUs in 1975 and 76 where uh, you're not losing games in the regular season. That just doesn't happen, and that's because there's a lot of parity in this country in basketball, and Purdue's right in the thick of it.
0: Somebody get uh, Alan their Netflix subscription here, so it doesn't sit through bad basketball like really? this. Gee whiz, we've got to get him on something uh, new here. Alan Carpenter, well,
2: I'm a late adopter. I, I finally discovered, my kids had me discover a Arrested Development, and that's about 20 years old. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. So, yes, I do that. I don't watch, to be very honest, I, I watch the Cliff Notes version of most every Big Ten game, but I don't watch them all. But I somehow got stuck on that one because it was leading up into the Purdue game. I I never thought it was going to get over. And it was bad basketball 2.0 uh, between two teams, but Rutgers got the job. And, 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 and that's another team that Purdue will have to go to Rutgers. That You've got to be careful in all those games, even at Iowa, too, that uh, uh, all games on the road in the Big Ten, Purdue will have to play well to win. And that's kind of what good teams do. They play well. Purdue did not play well enough on uh, Tuesday night. In, in uh Nebraska.
0: At this rate in about another ten years he'll just dis- uh, he'll discover Kirby enthusiasm there and that's really uh, when Al's gonna hit his uh, You know what? I'm
2: actually up to date with that and, and last season's coming out, uh Larry David's my hero. But
0: <laughs> I can see that actually alan Garth, goldenblack.com Buddy it's always a pleasure talking ball with you on a Friday. Uh thanks so much for the time as always. All right
2: guys, have a great rest of the show.
0: Welcome back. The Boiler Basketball Show continues on 1017 The Hammer 1017TheHammer.com with Jared Jesselides. It's Jeff Julik over there and back to the Blue Fox Heating and cooling Hammerhead hotline. The man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, Nate Barrett, is back with us here. Nate, always good to have you on on a Friday. Before we get into the men's game, I I did want to get your opinion because I know you were in attendance it looked like uh, on uh, Wednesday in Mackie Arena. The Caitlin Clark Show uh, came into town here and uh, I know a lot of fans uh, especially young ladies uh, like to watch her play. They love their boilers, but they still wanted to see a, a generational talent in Mackie, and uh, it really seems like she didn't disappoint. Uh, give me your overall perspective of what you saw and, and what you enjoyed about that game.
3: Well, sadly, to be to be very uh, to be very honest, though, there was only one aspect that was disappointed. Uh, I I thought uh, I thought she was uh, a little over the top on the. Her view of the refs' performance, and uh, she was she's obviously an unbelievable talent. That's why a lot of people went. Uh, but boy, was she on those officials pretty hard and throughout the game. But she, you know, I think what I did not understand also is just what a great passer she is. Uh, you could watch her just seeing the whole floor, and uh, she's a she's a rare talent, great for the women's game right now. Just uh, just what the women's game needed in terms of. Uh, you know, a, a really dominant
1: figure, that's what she is. Go ahead. Jeff. Okay, I tell you what, you know, talk about the Nebraska game the other night. Tough, tough loss uh, for our Boilermakers. Uh you know, they they turn the ball over, they uh they run into a team that's just extremely hot. So uh what did you think about the game the other night? I thought
3: that you run into one of those buzz saws every now and then and uh you know Especially uh, Tovinaga off the bench was throwing up stuff that was just amazing. I, he was like, uh, for those of us that grew up loving NBA Jam, uh, when they would say he's on fire. I mean, that that was what it was like. Anything he threw up was going in. And, and, and not that Purdue was doing a poor job on him defensively. There was a hand in his face on a lot of those threes they knocked down. But credit to Nebraska because you know Purdue pushes back into it. Uh, and then they kept pushing it back out, and that's just kind of how you know the night's going against you, uh, and, and, you know, a flight home for Matt Painter and his staff and and, and some practices to be able to uh, say, hey, fellas, we're not there yet. You know, I, I think, on, uh, you know, Indiana's uh, run in 87, where midway through the year, you know, they almost got beat at Northwestern, and Bob Knight was all over Steve Alford and, so it's easy when you're one of those top five teams to, uh, you know, slip into that, that, you know, you, you expect to win, and that's good. But the other team, uh, Hoiberg's doing some things out there, and they, they, they had uh, their tough place to play, and his son was in the act, and they just had produced number. And I was talking to somebody yesterday about the 96 Bulls. You know, they, they still went 72-10. I mean, there, there were still 10 games in there where it just wasn't your night. And uh, you know you've got a Boilermaker program that lost five games to win the Big Ten in a 20-game expanded Big Ten, and they win it by three games last year. So you know there's going to be some bumps along the way. You just hope that uh, they're not too often. And uh, and Purdue's had a, a knack for after a loss, uh, running off some good long winning streaks.
0: Nate, that was a very well thought out, lucid, uh, and uh, reasonable argument. Are you okay? <laughs> Thanks, you know just. I don't know if well, Purdue Nation can or, handle something well, like that.
3: Well, or you could do the opposite. Uh, I like the tweet out uh, a few nights ago that said, "Well, Twitter has fired Bill Self, Matt Painter, and a host of other great coaches this week." You know that the Twitter Twitter sphere is reacting over time in a week like this where so many top five teams go down. But you know that's why we love college basketball. I mean. Uh, you know, Matt made, of course, a good comments about core storming. But what, part of the reason you love college basketball is any given night, uh, anybody can get it done, and that's that's why it's such a great sport. So we shouldn't be shocked by this as we get into conference play. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, learning from their mistakes and realizing you can be number one all day long. But if you turn the ball over, and there's points off those turnovers. Uh, you're going to be in trouble. And Brian Newbert does a great job of pointing that out in his rap videos, that it's not just, okay, a cold turnover statistic. It's when it happened and what happened as a result. Because a dead ball turnover is different than a pick six that gets the crowd into the game at a different level.
0: We're talking with Nate Baird here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. One of the things that uh, Jeff and I discussed here is, uh, you know, it just seems like ever since we got into conference play there is a difference and how Zach Eady is uh, getting officiated. And I know that's uh, upset Jeff. For me, though, Nate, it's been three straight games with uh, let's go to the monitor and review a foul call and upgrading it to a flagrant one, when it doesn't seem like Purdue's getting the benefit of any of those reviews at all. I mean, Fletcher's going down hard on a couple of these. Uh, like, you have seen Purdue bodies fly, but it seems like only one team uh, is getting the call when they want to go back to the monitor for some reason.
3: Well, Matt gets teed up very rarely. But if this trend continues, I bet you see one. Uh, the, the Lance Jones one, for example, uh, the other night against Illinois was, absol- was absolute garbage. And uh, I wasn't real fond of the one where Mason Gillis got pushed out of bounds either. Uh, but the, the one with Jones, if you want to call it for a foul there, maybe. But a flagrant was ridiculous. And so, yeah, uh, but Purdue sent those up to the Big Ten office. And a lot of fans can forget, you know, the Big Ten has uh, – they have eyes in the sky at all those Big Ten games. There's a veteran official uh, that's, that's watching the crew, and they get graded. And officials want to move up. They want to do Final Fours. So, you know, they get graded out, and uh, that was a big miss.
1: And i tell you what, Nate, let's, let's expand upon that. I mean, Matt Painter teaches his players to be tough. He's a tough coach. Uh, when players go down, it's almost like the old football analogy, put some dirt on it and get back up. Um, is it time for some of those players to stay down? Because, I mean, what? that seems to be the, when they get the calls against them is when the player stays down. The player acts like he, you want to go
0: full premier league. That's what yeah, you're doing. you Yeah, Premier league here because LeBron I think premier that's league what we're acting.
1: seeing in our opponents. I mean, our opponents oh. act like they've been killed that, you know, they're, they're staying down, they're hurt. And then they get the review. Meantime, many plays are not being reviewed from the purdue side because the Boilermakers are tough you're, and they get right you're back you're
0: up. You're crap. I your mic. Absolutely <laughs> not.
1: Hey, it's Nate's question.
0: Uh, well, I think that, uh,
3: Okay, we have some built-in advantages in the Purdue program with the Zach Eady. But like everything else in life, uh, there, there's, a, when you have an advantage, there can be corresponding disadvantages. And I think one of the small disadvantages is that, uh, there's times where I think we just, uh, you know, Purdue's gonna get the short end of the stick, uh, on some of those whistles. And you just hope that it's, uh, you hope that the officials are learning. You hope that an individual official that has, has reffed Zach for several years. You hope he's better at refing Zach than he was two, three years ago.
0: And uh, as
3: Matt continues to recruit bigs, you hope he'll get better in the future. But um, they still don't have it now. There's no question about it. And you hope it doesn't matter in a big game. In other words, you, 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 there's a book called Scorecasting that talks about one of the chapters in it is that as the game steps up, good referees want to step back. And, and that's what you want is you don't ever want it to get to a critical moment where it decides a game.
0: Yeah, uh, we want, don't want to step back in the TV teddy times, do we? We don't want those guys. That's
3: right. And I think they're all finding, you know, they're somewhere between what you've got and the old Bill Lambier versus Larry Bird and Kevin McHale days where it's in Robert Parrish, where they're just openly swinging at each other. You know, you, that was out of balance, too. So you, you're trying to find a happy medium.
0: Well, uh, there's, a, there's a team down south that needs to find that happy medium when we're talking about <laughs> just swinging and hitting things. Uh, Nate Barrett on the Blue Fox eating cooling <laughs> hammerhead hotline. Go ahead, Jeff. I tell you what, uh, Nate,
1: you know, with all these losses, top five teams, I mean, Boilermaker's still number one come, Tuesday, come Monday. I mean, uh, I've seen CBS still has them number one. Uh,
3: I think you make pretty good case they would be. I uh, I maybe, uh with uh maybe they're number one with uh maybe half the first place votes that they had the last time.
1: I'd like to see that. I always like to be number one when you head to Bloomington.
0: Yeah, it's nice, but at the same time, if there's a week that uh, I I don't care for number one, it's uh, probably this one. <laughs> what, whatever, whatever. The last like, time they beat yeah. a number one team down yeah. there, they they don't shut up about it. Yeah. They they yeah. run specials, t-shirts, and all that stuff like it's never happened before. They're the only team that's ever beaten a number one team. And 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 or, or not, what what the heck's the kid's name? You think I would know it by now? Because they never stopped talking about it. <laughs> um, you know, I can see the I can see the play as clear as day in Miami. I can see him hitting the, the three, but for Pete's sakes.
3: All I was gonna say Christian was –
0: Christian Wafford? Yes, there you go. There I is. would say one it,
3: it doesn't matter what the Boilermakers are or aren't ranked when they go into blue <laughs> It doesn't it doesn't make any difference whatsoever that uh, they're not gonna get uh, they're not going to get a warm I, reception I, down I, there. Yeah. And neither are the Hoosiers ever up here in Mac.
0: That's true, but at the same time, I, I've, I've heard more Watford for three shots uh, replayed in my Twitter timeline than I have Rob Finnessy for three, so I'm just, well, I'm, I'm balancing we, that out. True. You know, whenever,
3: whenever you can't mentally handle that, throw up a couple of Chad Austin uh, well, absolutely uh, down there, throw up
0: a couple of those. Kids, because I had to do this this week, there's always a mute button, and it ain't hard to use on the Twitter machine. <laughs> okay. I'm not wasting any more time arguing with Brickwell dummies. That's my New Year's resolution. (laughs) That's right. Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, he is the man, and it's always great to be talking hoops with him on Fridays, buddy. Hey, uh, enjoy that game tomorrow. Best of luck to uh, your faith, uh, Eagles, as well this weekend.
3: Yeah, big weekend for the Eagles. Weather permitting, we might be at North Newton tonight. And then uh, uh, homecoming with Attica Ramblers tomorrow night. Have a great weekend, guys.
0: Thanks, Nate. Welcome back to the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 and one seven The Hammer thammercom The with Jared Jesselatis and Jeff Julek. Uh, big thanks to Alan Karpik. Big thanks to Nate Barrett for being on. I'm about to throw paper at you for talking about <laughs> taking dive. You Gordon Bombay over here, take the dive, get the call. That's what you you're telling me. Sell it. I'm still upset about that. I don't like play. I don't like playing that game. I don't. I rather I rather lose with the honor and dignity than having. Guys like uh, like Hawkins like constantly complaining. Try not. I know he doesn't do this particularly, but you know, down trying to get the call and whatever. That's that's not that's not Purdue to me. Uh, And I don't. I understand that could be beneficial in your eyes, but that ain't Purdue to me. I'm just saying when you get fouled, make sure it's a foul, okay. Well, look, here's my here's my counter argument to that. Fletcher lawyer about concussed about knocked himself oh, out did. and hit the head and stayed down. Yeah. And nobody wanted to go look at that. No, that's so, true. That's true. yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah. Goes both ways. Yeah, I'd rather not do that. I just feel like you get a rep and then that's not that's eh, it's not going to be good. Then you're not going to get any calls because they're going to think you're embellishing it all. The I time. think
1: that's the uh, most response I've ever gotten out of you on a question. I'm going to have to uh, file that away for future use.
0: Go ahead. All right. Uh, now it's time we take a look at the Big Ten and the uh, schedule for the week. Uh, sitting atop of the standings, Wisconsin at 4-0, and followed by 3-1 and Illinois, N- Minnesota, and Northwestern. That rounds out the top four. Jeff, uh, what sticks out to you about that? Well, a couple
1: things. I mean, Wisconsin, you know, 4-0 and and, uh, you know, winning some tough road games and putting themselves in a great position that the uh, Boilermakers are going to have to sweep them and, uh and hope they lose a couple other games, and then Northwestern. Hey, how about Brooks Braunharzer the other night? Twenty six points, and that uh, shout out to the former Bronco that, uh, victory against Penn State, and and then Minnesota surprise team. They've had some nice victories. Uh, it'll be a real challenge
0: tonight, though, as they head down south. Of <gasps> nice look. I think they're we set the bar super low on Minnesota, and yeah, victories. But this is the Big Ten schedule for them. They lost at Ohio State. They won a home game against Nebraska. They won a home game against Maryland, and then they won at Michigan by two. I would say those are impressive. Anytime you, this
1: Wisconsin team, this Wisconsin, this Nebraska team's going to be ranked on Monday, in my opinion. And then for them to uh, to pull out those victories on the road, I mean, give them some credit. They've
0: certainly it was just the Michigan last game was year. the only one on the road. They lost the one at Ohio State. But they I mean, did. But I'm saying,
1: you know, we're at three and one and setting twelve and three they are surprise. But thing. again,
0: yeah, that's cuz we set the bar so right. low. If we right. uh, but if we're being objective here, you say, "Yeah, they However, really haven't played anybody here in the Big 10." If they do 10, go down
1: yeah. to Bloomington tonight when they game, they get a peg up.
0: Absolutely. So. I I I will give you that. If they can do that tomorrow the is that tonight? Or that's tonight, tonight right? Yeah. So, yeah, that uh that will get in the schedule here in just a moment here, but uh so that's there. Then it's 3 and 2 Purdue, Nebraska, Indiana, followed by 2 and 3 Ohio State and Maryland and Penn State. Iowa, Rutgers at one and three, Michigan State and Michigan at one and four. Although Michigan State 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 certainly tried last night. The
1: state of Michigan anchoring down the uh, Big Ten at the bottom there.
0: And then, of course, there's the fiascos as they're going on at Michigan. that You just say, they they need an old priest and a new priest. They need something (laughs) out there. But uh, it just continues to get weird. All right, let's take a look uh, at the schedule here for the week in the Big Ten. Uh, That will start uh, with tonight, as Jeff indicated. Minnesota is down in Bloomington, 6.30 on Fox Sports 1, followed on the Big Ten Network at 9.30 by Nebraska at Iowa. These are goatee kind of stroking... Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, games. both games
1: are very interesting, and uh, you know who knows what the weather's going to be like uh, in Iowa tonight because uh, there's another blizzard coming through that area. So, uh, you know, it could be a smaller crowd. And I tell you what, Purdue just sucks the will to live out of teams when uh, they play them, and and nobody seems to play well the next game. And uh, you saw what happened to Northwestern in their game after they beat the Boilers; they uh, lost to um, who, who? They lose Chicago State? No. They lost a big game right after they lost to uh, after they beat the boilermakers, so yeah, so we'll see how that game plays out, and like I said, big game for the Hoosiers to try to rebound against Minnesota uh
0: Minnesota is a four and a half point dog that opened up at three and a half, so they lost the point there. Meanwhile, Nebraska and Iowa uh, is also moved up towards the home team from three and a half. Two, four and a half. And then that'll take us into what's a loaded Saturday across the uh, country with uh, a lot of great matchups. Just two, though, in the Big Ten. Northwestern at Wisconsin and then Penn State at Purdue. I expect both ranked home teams to roll in these games. Yeah, you know,
1: and you'd like to see, uh, you know, the uh, Wildcats help the Boilermakers out. But, yeah, with all the NFL action tomorrow, uh, Big Ten gone light, and that's probably a good thing.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of good early games. I will say that in the top 25. Take us into Sunday where Rutgers will head to Michigan State and then Maryland will be at uh, 10th ranked Illinois at 2 o'clock, both games on Big Ten Network. And again, two teams that I expect to win at home.
1: Yep, home teams should
0: certainly hold serve. That'll uh, then get us into your Monday lineup. We do have Monday basketball again. Yeah, MLK. Hey. and
1: so uh, usually they put the Boilermakers in a uh, tough, tough matchup. They played on Martin Luther King Day uh, the last two years, but not this year. They're, they're going to uh, anchor it with the High State-Michigan game. And That's at the- noon,
0: by the way, on Fox. Yeah,
1: and then you've got the evening game with Iowa at Minnesota.
0: Yeah, uh, and again, that'll be another interesting matchup with two uh, middle-of-the-pack Big Ten teams. Uh, Minnesota, and Iowa. That'll get us into your Tuesday. Purdue will travel down to Assembly Hall 7 o'clock on everybody's favorite streaming service, Peacock. And then 15th-ranked Wisconsin at Penn State, Bryce Jordan Center. That is a game that you... Always have to make sure you don't sleepwalk into, because that will put you, Bryce Jordan Center will put you right back to sleep.
1: Yeah, they can pull off victories there. We've seen that happening. They're only 500 this season, and everybody looking forward to that Purdue-IU game. I mean, the Boilermakers. Well, they were messing around the other
0: night with one of those wins at Bryce Jordan, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, with the Boilermakers, uh, you know, um, Mike Woodson 3-1 and one currently against the Boilermakers, so it's uh, time to uh, turn that in a different direction this week
0: then we'll get into Wednesday when Nebraska will travel to Rutgers and we all know Rutgers is different in Jersey Mike says they are on the road uh and then Maryland will go to Northwestern and I keep on waiting for this Maryland team to kind of put it together a little bit and it just it's not happening which is kind of crazy because you take a look at how much they brought back and it's just I don't know it just didn't it's it's not I'll poke it with a stick like you okay
1: yeah, they got a lot of uh of seniors on that team, and you've got young. And you know, last night they were down by ten, eleven points against Michigan before they were able to come back and get the victory. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I know uh, Michigan is 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 not good, but and going back to the other game, I, I think Rutgers may be uh, one of the worst teams in the conference.
0: Which is a little shocking, but uh, they will maul the heck out of you. That's for sure. That's They're a game physical. where you uh, you hope you get some ticky tack fouls in that yeah. game. Uh, that's going to help you out a lot. That brings us back to uh, next Thursday, Minnesota travels to the Breslin Center on Fox Sports 1, where there's a doubleheader in the Big Ten. And uh, it's a little bit of a stinker here with Illinois traveling out to Michigan. That's not going to be close at 830.
1: Yeah, all in all, not uh, real great games this week. Uh, Obviously, the headliner is
0: probably going to be the uh, Purdue IU game. I would think so. And then that gets us into uh, next Friday, where it's just Indiana at Wisconsin. And as Jeff said, it's not the banner week that we had last week, but um, it is Big Ten basketball, and we will take it yes, in we will. any way, shape, or form. Unless it's like another Michigan and like Rutgers game, then yeah, we could. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll find something on Netflix if that's the case. All right, that about does it here for the uh, Boiler Basketball Show. We want to thank you guys for listening, as you always do. You're tremendous supporters. We appreciate it. Don't forget, you can always listen to these uh, episodes on Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts. We got them posted up there for you, as well as 1017theammer.com. And, yeah, if you're going out to tomorrow's game, please be safe. Please be loud at Arena. One more thanks to Alan. One more thanks to Nate for being on with us. They're always tremendous guests, and uh, it's always a lot of fun. Kyle Charter's filling in for me next week, by the way. Absolutely,
1: and we've got to wish your Steelers the best of luck because I know how much that means to you. So Play nice with Kyle
0: next week. We'll see you back here next Friday on the uh, Boiler Basketball Show.